And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here for yet another exciting installment of stuff I like to talk about. And what is that today? Well, we're going to talk about absolute marketing. What does that mean? Well, hang out and find out. So you know, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. We help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And I almost messed up the sponsor read from the company that I own. So anyway, with me today, I have Elizabeth Pampalone. Did I say that right, Elizabeth? Yeah, you did actually. Okay. I should have asked that before I actually went to read it. Now, she is the founder of Absolute Marketing, and you can find out more information about her at elizabethpampalone.com. And if you have a hard time spelling that, just scroll down to the show notes and click the link. It's so much easier. Welcome to Startup Hustle, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. So marketing's a hot topic. It's something I like talking about. I spend a lot of time thinking about it and dealing with it. Now, as far as you go, you're an international speaker. You've been successful as an entrepreneur, expert marketing experience over 20 years, and marketing has changed so much and continues to change so much. It is something that requires constant innovation and reevaluation and change. Before we get into all of that, why don't you give us a little bit of background about you and what brought you up to our present point in the timeline? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I actually started my business and really into the entrepreneur world in 2007, but I had been in the marketing world since around 2014. So a lot longer, I'm sorry, since uh, 2000. So for almost 20 years total and almost 13, 14 years in business. So I've been doing a lot of this for a long time. Um, I've been building websites since 2000, doing marketing since 2000. And I have definitely seen it change. I mean, I started back when I was doing websites in notepad and hand coding everything in HTML and CSS. And, and it was a lot different than now when you can just get a builder and build a website in pretty much a day. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about the changes with marketing and, you know, I, I, you talking about throwing out crazy numbers like 2007 and 2000 and well, a, it makes me realize how old that I'm getting. But with that, I mean, I, I tell people a lot, you know, marketing back in the early 2000s on the internet was like the wild west. Now, for me personally, back in that time frame, that's when people were still like, you know what, we got to really put together a great newspaper campaign. And, and now, like, what's a newspaper? So, you know, as we get into the backstory, as said, like, how have you seen marketing change over the last 10 to 20 years that, how, and how has that forced you to change your approach? Well, definitely in the beginning of my career, it was all about people who didn't understand the internet and how that worked because I've been mostly an internet marketer. 
And most people would come to me and say, oh my gosh, you're young, you're a kid, fix this, figure this out, show me how it works. And then I would, you know, subsequently either figure it out or I already knew how to do it and I would help them. And then I, what I've seen over the last, I would say 10 years is that people have become more knowledgeable about those things and younger people have come into the business space. But then we find this problem where there's all this, well, I know how to do it. I could do it myself, but I'm so busy. I'll just pay you. And so like this attitude of like, you know, I, I could have done it myself, but obviously you're here and you kind of do this for a living. So I guess I'll just hire you. And I think that's actually been detrimental because there's so many people that know a little bit about a lot of things, but they don't know enough about it to be really, really effective and successful at it. And that's why I feel like a lot of the uh, marketers that I work with, we kind of get frustrated sometimes. It's like, oh, if people just understood what really is here and what you can really do with marketing, but then there's again, all these little DIYers that just know a little bit about a lot of things and they end up falling flat and then they don't understand why those things don't work. And then they come to us crying like, oh, what's happening with my marketing? Why is it not working? And then we have to kind of do re-education. So I think there's been good things with that marketing has been become a little bit easier. You can get on more platforms and do it freely and not have to pay so much money. Like, like you said, with the newspaper campaigns, but at the same time, it's been a little bit too much information out there and people are taking little bits and pieces without really diving into each piece and saying, what do I need to know about this for my business? Not necessarily what you're just marketing is marketing, whatever it's social media, end of story, you know? Well, you know, you mentioned that I think there's a lot of things that have contributed to the change. There's a lot of tools, you know, MarTech just in general has made it easier to do a lot of stuff. But, you know, as as the scope widens, so does the complexity. And, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, we're not going to sit here and talk about 2005 for the next 40 minutes, but, you know, but in 2005, like, I mean, the internet was still relatively new. And, you know, I mean, at least for the widespread nature of it, there wasn't a whole lot of tools. There wasn't things like, I mean, that's pretty MySpace, you know, and it's, it's weird because, you know, you think about that and it doesn't feel like that long ago, but it was. So, you know, now you have, now it's down to like, what social media platform do you want? What tools are there? What kind of CPC, all this different stuff. You have all this massive amount of data and targeting and retargeting and all that different stuff. So where, when you work with clients, like what's your first advice about where they start and how they figure out what's right for them? Uh, well, I'm probably going to be tarred and feathered for saying this in a, a marketing capacity, but I say throw out all the guru stuff. <laughs> because, sure. Well, because if you're not a guru, it's a lot harder to do. Right? Exactly. It's, it's easy for it's easy for Gary V to get on his anything <laughs> and get a huge response because he's built that huge following. But you know what about the person that has 27 followers on Instagram? Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I start with. And a lot of the people who come to me have tried to follow those guru plans and packages and coaching things, and they just they never can get the traction or they never can get past certain points because like you said, they have those 27 followers. Now what am I supposed to do with those people? You know, I only have 27. How do I get to 2,700 or 2.7 million? Like how does, how do I get to those kind of numbers? And so um, what I try to do with people is really look at marketing as a whole. A lot of people now think that marketing is social media and social media is marketing and they just leave it at that. And they say they don't need a website and they say they don't need a brand and they say they don't need all these things. 
and email is dead and, and blogging and newsletters are done. And, and it's not true. And I feel like a lot of the people will discount so many of those pieces I just mentioned and then just ignore them completely and then wonder why things aren't working for them or not going smoothly or even growing, like things are just staying stagnant. So what I look at is I look at a company and say, do you have these five elements? And I, I have them listed out. I call them absolute marketing because I feel like it's the absolute lowest common denominator. If you have these five pieces and you do them well, all of them well, then you'll have a really successful career and really successful results. So that's what I've done with my business and countless of my clients' businesses. Um, but those five pieces would be, you have to have a solid brand. If you don't have a solid brand, it's like the domino effect. Everything else just falls apart. And if you have that solid brand, great website where everyone can be referred back to for all of that information that's, you know, evergreen, that's going to stay the same, where they actually buy your product and or your service. And then you have a good social media following um, or, or at least a consistent social media uh, presence. And a lot of people don't have that either. They have these intermittent social media presences because they're on too many platforms. So we narrow down which platforms you're supposed to be on. And then we look at blogging and how that can help with your SEO. And then we look at email marketing and how you can use those things to really you know, amplify what you've done on your website and share out, like, let's say I'm on this podcast today, I'm going to share this to my email list because those people have been, have said to me, Elizabeth, we care enough about what you're saying. We understand what you're saying and we want more of it. And so those people are going to listen to what I say. They're going to follow me more. They're going to share what I say with other people. And so my email list to me is like a gold mine. So if you have those five pieces, brand, website, social media, blogging, and email marketing, and you're using all of them together in, in harmony and everything is cohesive and consistent, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be successful with marketing. I, I'm down with that five, those five things for sure. Now, one of the things with the brand, and I think that let's talk about some of the things that uh, with all of these five that people mess up pretty quickly. Um, and I can go through that pretty quickly. So a lot of people that, okay, so if you see the G from Google, like, you know, it's Google, right? Okay, but the thing is, is if your brand is just like a symbol and, you, and you're in that early stage, no one knows what the hell that is. So make, do yourself a favor and, and put your name or what you do. And, you know, like, I mean, it might be as simple, like, I don't know, give me any kind of business. Let's take an example, just throw something at me. Well, I actually had that happen. Um, there was a company that we had heard, you know, was having trouble with their branding. And they were like, Ascension or something like, you know, one of those words where it's like, Oh, look at that word. It's so great. And the company actually, they did decluttering of homes. And so when they rebranded, it was like they rebranded the Ascend to a company. cleaner home, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Was, like, they rebranded themselves yeah, just, the declutter yeah, right. company. It was just the declutter company. Yeah, sure. That was it. Yep. Like it yep. perfect. And people got it and they just attached themselves to it because they understood it, not Ascension, you know? Well, and that's the thing. It's like in that, you know, if it just said Ascension or like, what does that even mean? And, you know, yeah. just simple branding guidelines would say that anybody should know what you do within a few seconds. Now, as far as the website stuff, look, if you're listening and you think for any reason that your business doesn't need a website, you're wrong. Like I would, if you, if I look at a business and they don't have a website, like if they're just redirecting me to like a Facebook page or something, I mean, that's not even the JV team people. That's like the people that got cut from the freshman B team. Like that's not, yeah, it's not hard well, to make a website. I, my it's whole point hard. about that is if you go on Facebook and you see an ad, where does that ad take you? It doesn't take you to another Facebook page. It takes you to a I mean, website. If it did, where you can it wouldn't buy be very effective. Product, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, websites are super and, and so so wrapping that in, when you get to that website, you should be able to look at it and within three seconds know exactly what that company does. Um, you got problems there. Social media uh, 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 can be remarkably simple. And for some people, they make it remarkably complex. But if you're not willing to do it on a regular and consistent basis, then <clears throat> don't. You know, like you said, you mentioned, like, don't have like nine. Oh, here's the thing. I'm not a big Twitter guy. I don't really pay attention to my Twitter, you know, so I don't really focus on it a whole lot. If you want to go be one of the thousands of people that are following this podcast on Instagram, you can find us at Startup Hustle Podcast. You know, that's like a completely different, different thing. And, you know, like for social media, I think some people have weird expectations, like for Full Scale, which is a tech services company that I own with Matt Watson. And you know, here's the thing is I don't have huge expectations for that on social media because software companies don't typically go viral. You know, that's, that's a little different. The podcast social media is a little different because we have interesting guests. We have hosts doing different things. There's new episodes and content coming out. That's a completely different set of expectation. What do you, what is your take on some of the things that people just kind of either misjudge or, or don't get right when it comes to social media? The demographics, the demographics are huge because if you look at Facebook and you say, well, my person, my demographic that I'm targeting is a millennial woman who is really into fashion. Uh, Facebook's not going to be your place. It's going to be Instagram for sure. And probably Pinterest, depending on what you're selling. So you really have to look at, and you can go online, you can Google social media demographics, 2020, social media demographics, 2021, you know, as it comes through and you can say, what are the demographics for the social media platform for this year or this time frame? And they will tell you, this is the majority of people who are on Facebook. This is what the half-life of a post on Facebook is. This is, you know, the types of content that does well on Facebook. You'll be able to find that information out on Google, just randomly searching and you'll get a lot of different answers. But if you look at them three or four places and you say, okay, here's the average of what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of people who are a little bit older. You know, Facebook is skewing older. It's skewing more male or female than male. Twitter is generally young men under 35. And a lot of the people don't even post on Twitter. Like they'll read, but they won't post. And so, or they won't engage. And so there's a lot of these little tweak things you can learn on Google that may be anecdotal, but a lot of them are coming from these large social media companies. And I feel like they're pretty solid in what they're telling us. And if you can look at that and say, yeah, that makes sense to me. Instagram is women under 35 and it's mostly lifestyle brands. That makes a lot of sense. So if you can focus on that and use that as your starting point, um, then you'll have a lot more success because you'll actually be targeting the people where they, they live and they play. I say like, where do they work, where they live, where do they play and how can we access them in those points without having to go way around? Like you said, Twitter's not a big thing for you as much, but you know, maybe it is for someone who's in more of a, like I have a guy who's in a federal, he runs a blog on federal employees that the Twitter's huge for him. He loves Twitter. He uses it all the time, but Instagram is like totally not for him at all. So it just makes a difference on who you're targeting and what you're trying to accomplish with that social media. Yeah. And then I think when it comes to what you post, there's a completely different approach to all these different platforms, you know, and that's something that we're, we've constantly worked on and tinkered with, like in an Instagram post, like those should be remarkably simple. It's a, it's a, it's a platform about pictures, 
So, and we've talked about this before in the past, like we had a remarkably successful, some of you listening without a doubt saw, found us on Instagram for a very, with very simple posts that just said a podcast for entrepreneurs and that's it. And it might've shown a microphone or a rocket or something like that where, you know, and then, you know, we, we would get huge engagement and huge success from that on Instagram, but on LinkedIn, it didn't do well. And, you know, just like different things. And, you know, and the thing, I, I'll be honest with you, I can't really explain why it, why those same images didn't get the engagement on LinkedIn. Cause honestly, I would have thought that on some levels that would have really worked. So, you know, some of that is, is just that I say, there's only three, three words you need to know to figure out marketing test, 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 <laughs> you know, and just kind yeah. of like, you know, put some things out there and see what's up and, and keep your finger on the pulse of their, of their results. And, you know, that's a, that's a difficult thing because, you know, uh, you talk about demographics and someone had been on the, on the show recently, and I thought this was remarkably clever. So they, and this isn't necessarily social media, but this was about cost per click ads and they were finding tremendous success on Bing. Bing.com. Like when's the last time you heard about Bing? But here was the thing is they were advertising towards like a 60 plus demographic. Some of those people, like my dad still has an AOL address and he still uses AOL. Like, yes, people, it's still a thing. But the point is, is like so many of those people, that's where he learned how to use the internet. It's where he set up, you know, to like review his stock portfolio and get his email and stuff. And so there's a different, a different approach for everything. And I thought, oh man, that, you know, that just made so much sense to me after it was said, but you know, it's like, and the same thing is like, if you are, uh, if you have a craft business or you sell something like that, Pinterest is your, is your place. But LinkedIn, you're not, no one's going to pay attention to that. So yeah, that's, it's difficult, but, and also like, where do you, I think where, where do you feel comfortable being and creating stuff and doing regular stuff? So with your client, what do you suggest in, in regards to like regularity of posting or guidelines for posting for people that are on social media? I actually believe that once a day is your minimum. And if you yeah, can sure. create, so what we do is we create 12 months of social media posts in one day and we schedule them and they're in and they're done. And we do that because a lot of people cannot stay consistent. They just can't. It's, oh, yeah. it's the nature of life. Yep. It's the nature of business and it's nature of human nature. Like it just, it's so impossible to almost impossible to do it. And so what we've done is created a formula where we can create 12 months of evergreen posts that are going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever, even if there's a COVID, even if there's, you know, um, random stuff happening, it's still going to be the same information. Branding's always going to be the same. Marketing's always going to be the same. You know, whatever you're doing, there's some things that you can pull from and say, this is always going to be true for me, for my company. And if we put that into a daily post and we put it on every platform that we know is going to be a good platform for us, then that consistency is taken care of. Now, if something fun happens, if you win an award, if you're on a podcast, if something, you know, you want to write this blog post because you have this, you know, idea, then those things can all happen anytime. But you'll also feel creatively freed up to 
think about them, to want to do them. And you won't be sitting there every Monday or every Friday going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what am I going to post next week? What am I going to post next week? And, or even just what am I posting today or laying in bed at night, which I've had a lot of clients tell me going to bed at night and then bolting out of bed and going, oh my gosh, I forgot to post on social media. Like it was some major horrible thing that they didn't do. And so if you have that consistency already built in, as once a day, then anything you add additional will all not only help you, but it will also be, you know, welcomed by your people. But then at the same time, if you do have a week where you're on vacation or you're busy, or you just, you know, you have family stuff going on, then you can take that downtime and not worry that, oh my gosh, I'm not posting on social media. I'm not still keeping myself out there. Things are still running for you and you don't have to worry about it. Well, and that's the issue though, because what happens is you forget one day and then you miss the next day. And then you miss the third day and then you're suddenly just not doing it at all. I'll give it's it, I like to give example. Yeah. Well, I like to give examples. So, um, you know, I, my book million dollar bedroom, if you've read it, it's got, it's it, throughout the entire book, it has what we call million dollar lessons, which are simple phrases that, I mean, it's almost like, so if you, if you suck all those out and I think there's about 60 or 70 of them in the whole book, it makes for a halfway clever set of flashcards in a way, you know, like now I, there's not enough of it to be in there every day. But what we did in that regard at full scale for the full scale social media was we created images out of those and those come out regularly. And then, you know, every five days a week in the full, in the full scale blog, we have a different article like today. Our last Friday's was about mark, top marketing automation tools. Um, the day before that, five mistakes startups make. Now, if you plan your stuff that, yeah, okay, let's make the most cliche phrase and saying of all, if you, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. But here's the thing. So we do write blogs and that's the next thing on your list. But blogging is a huge source of traffic for us at full scale. Now, when we write a quality article, we also create our own images that go in it, which then mean all we have to do is slide those over. To, you know, if you just think about it, so an Instagram image is, they want it to be 1080 by 1080, or if you want to make them really big, 2160 by 2160. So if you make those the same size and put them in, in your, in your quote stuff, it makes it pretty easy to have a next, a, a post or something that comes out, you know, regularly with that. So, you know, now let's talk about that because the blog is not dead. Why do I know that? Because between the businesses that that I own with my business partner and, and frequent co-host here on Startup Hustle, okay, so between Watson and I's businesses, we get over 1 million organic visits a month. Okay, so can I ask an expert, would you say that we're failing at when it comes to generating traffic? Absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's my point. Now, here's the thing. We did it all just by writing quality articles. Like now is my next big customer coming from an a, a, a article about top marketing automation tools? Guess what? I don't know. But I know that people that are likely using that are in the marketing business. They might, I don't know. I don't know. So the thing is, 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 is the blog is not dead, but but the difference is, you know, we'll go back in our time machine again. So 10 years ago, and I actually wrote about this in Million Dollar Bedroom. Uh, I actually had some highly successful websites that were blog driven. And I was, was stretching the rules and I got massive Google penalties and they all went away, basically. Um, 
But since that, I learned my lesson for that. And really the thing is, is create quality content. Like go to the stackify.com blog and see what they do there. They write 2000 word articles that are highly useful. Well, here's the thing about the blog. So I, and this goes for any company. And this is why I like um, absolute marketing so much is because it doesn't matter what industry you're in. You could be in, you know, tech industry, you could be in, because a lot of people think, well, if, if I'm going to write a blog, it's probably going to be like you said, marketing automation or five startup, you know, mistakes, things like that. And I have, um, we had a colleague who was working with a uh, HVAC company. So totally like a trade company, you know, you wouldn't think that they would need a blog, but they used a blog. So they created a blog post called, um, how do I cool my second floor? And I found that really interesting because every business has a question that they get 10 times a week, 10 yep. times a day. And if you sat down and you notated every single question that you get, that's the same. And the thing you're telling people over and over, that's a great blog post because it means a lot of people need to be educated on that. And a lot of people are probably searching that exact question. Google is not necessarily a search engine anymore. It's a question engine. And so if we utilize yep. that and we focus on it and we say, okay, how do I cool my second floor? Here are five bullet points. Have you tried checking your filter? Have you tried checking your drain line? Have you tried da, 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 da? And, you know, they left listed a bunch of things you could do yourself. And then they said at the bottom, if you need somebody, if you still need help and it's not working, call us. And now they're located in their own, you know, town, their own location. They can't really, you know, if they're, if they're located in Florida, actually, and if they could, if somebody looked at it in the UK, they're not going to be able to go and service that person in the UK. Um, but it does mean that that person in the UK who read that article has now given them SEO cred essentially by saying we're looking at this article we're staying on it for x amount of minutes or seconds and we are basically helping this heating and air company to boost themselves in the local market because so many people are visiting this one blog post that blog post has been up since 2013 and they have changed it slightly here and there just to update it but they have kept it on there in the same spot they've reused it over and over as content and they're getting about 3000 hits a month on just that one article and i know you mentioned you know million <laughs> organic hits and everything but at the same time these smaller companies you know 3000 is is um, in incredible for this type of company so you know that's helping you, you them you can locally. equate value to all that you can literally right. assign like predictable and known value to that traffic like the mm -hmm. full scale site and once again today's episode of startup hustle is brought to you by fullscale.io we help people build software teams that's like what we do right and so any of the stuff that could uh, so our most popular article art every month and you probably won't even know what this is is comparing the difference between django and laravel those are web platforms and you know it's like i don't i mean i'm like wow and it's been the top article almost since it came out now the thing is, is occasionally someone is has been advised to build their software platform with one of those two, and that's what they're Googling. And then they come to us, they read the article, they realize, oh shit, this is a lot more complex than I thought it was. Maybe I should hire an expert. And you mentioned uh, <laughs> answering questions or whatever. I just refer to that as, as uh, you know, you got to listen for the echo. And I say that a lot because I think it's so important because every business has echoes. They come from your customers. They come from your, well, they come from your prospects. They come from your clients. They come from your employees. And sometimes they come from the deep recesses of your own mind. You know, like do this, do this. It's bothering you. So there's a lot of ways to answer echoes. Now, 
I would challenge that there might be one thing out of your five that is is missing. That's a big part for a lot of people, which is <clears throat> video. So and and before we get you know move on to the email part, so video is something that's tricky because you can either do it like okay, well first off, all of you have a a film studio in your pocket. Like I have a 4K camera in my pocket with the latest version of the iPhone. I can make a a, a, a massive investment of $20 or less. I can get a little stand and I can point that thing right at myself and I can record video. Now, here's the thing is you talk about who you're listening, who you're trying to address. You can write a 3000 word blog that carefully details anything and everything that you ever wanted to know on a topic. And there's just a ton of people that won't even read it, but they will watch your video. So, you know, the thing is, is everyone, I think video is, is a key ingredient of, of a lot of different stuff. So we've answered echoes. Like I'm also the founder of gigabook.com and we were getting a ton of questions about our, our, how our subscription worked. And the thing was, is like, we're getting two or three of them a day through live chat. And I was, and I'm of the opinion, okay, it wasn't just two or three people a day that were confused. It was probably more like 50. You know, because the one person that will ask represents about 20 or 100 that won't. So we we answered that echo a couple different ways. We put a simple calcul subscription calculator on the homepage and we made a one minute video that the day we put that on the homepage, our requests about that went down 90%. When we put the calculator on it, they almost disappeared. Like we, um, I mean, it's like rare. We went from getting, you know, now here's the thing. Since then, uh, subscription, uh, our conversion rates are going up, signups have gone up, and it was a very simple thing. So, you know, there's there's a lot of ways to go about that. And, and here's the thing is, especially amidst a pandemic, people's expectations. All right. So I used to record this podcast in a really awesome studio with people there with me. And I'm in the extra bedroom of my home, you know? And so the thing is, is, but people get that now and they understand it. You can actually get away with probably the shittiest quality video you ever thought you could now than you ever could. So take a shot at it. The great part about recording that kind of stuff is if it doesn't come out the way you like it, guess what? Delete it. Don't publish it. Do it again, but take a shot at it. So do you, do you, do you, are, are, are you considering a sixth pillar to absolute marketing? There are three other pillars that I did do not have in the, the absolute marketing five pillar system because the five pillar system we actually do as one day each. So it's a week of marketing. Sure. For a, and okay. we create a year's worth of content. So there are three other pillars. Um, video is one of them. Podcasting is one of them. And memberships yeah. is the third one. So there are three that did kind of get left out. But I also feel that sometimes it's not for every single business. I mean, I think video is probably on the borderline of being for every business. But sometimes the people that run the businesses, they may not be comfortable on video. They may not be the best at video. And it's not 
you know, not everybody's you know great at it, but um, but it can be done easily and inexpensively, like you're saying. So, but I think podcasting is also a little bit more open because if you don't, you know, you don't have to get dressed up for podcasting, you don't have to have you know uh, your makeup on and stuff like that for podcasting. <laughs> it's like you know, it's radio basically. You, you, so. Maybe if you're going to do the video, some people do. I. Uh... <laughs> I, we we try to present the realist approach. So I'm I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt and a ball cap right now. But I would probably wear the same if I I, I we always joke. I say I have a face made for radio, so I, I'm not <laughs> well, too worried a, about that yet. And if you're a lawyer, it does you know that would make a difference. Or if you're you know a, a different type of profession, sometimes it makes a difference because I believe you should you know dress for the success you want and things like that. And it can can affect sure. you if you're not great on video or if you stumble across your words or if you're just a very shy type of person but you might feel more comfortable doing a podcast. So I feel like there's those three pillars that they don't get left out, but I don't keep them in the main five that every business should have. So, you know, as far as podcasts, I think too many people think just about like, oh, well, do I want to start my own? Well, look at you, you're a guest on ours. So uh, it was, it was several years ago and I was in New York, I was in Times Square and I went to go visit um, I'll just leave that, that, that person anonymous. Well, it, but I, you know, I, I sat down with this guy and I was getting advice and he said, Matt, what's easier asking those on top to pull you up or trying to climb the mountain alone. And I was like, Oh my God, dude, like it, like that I left that meeting and I was, I, I just felt changed because it made so much more sense. So, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, we were talking before we hit record. I mean, we're coming up on our 400th episode. I don't even, this might be it. I'm not sure. Like, and, and so with that, um, we've built a following and thank you so much for those of you listening. And, you know, by the way, while we're at it, uh, Tori and Chambers Hunter, I got your message and we are going, we are planning a series for, uh, uh, early stage founders. Uh, we're going to get back into some of that because sometimes we, we talk to too many people that know what they're doing. We need to get a better perspective on those that are in the early stages of stuff. But, you know, when it comes to a podcast and an audience, if you can manage to, it's, look, this is just as effective for many people. So a lot of our guests that have been on it, they've told me, I, I see them later or talk to them later. And they tell me, they say, you know what? We embedded that on our website we sent it out to our mailing list. And I said, well, tell me why. Cause I'm, I'm one, I'm like a little kid. I'm always like, why, 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 why? Cause I think that's important. But, but they said, you know what, when I went back and listened to it, I realized you did an effective job of getting me to efficiently and accurately explain my own business. And I say, well, were you having a hard time with that? Yeah, kinda. <laughs> I, my mom didn't really know what I did until she listened to this up ep your, my episode. That's so awesome. there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot. It's true though. And these are like sophisticated business people in some regards, but you know, the thing is, is, is you can get out that you can get your voice out there. You can get your comments out there and there's a lot of stuff, but there's one thing that I can guarantee you, you're never, you are, are almost likely never going to be on this podcast if you don't ask, you know? So there's like, that's the whole thing. It's like, I get, three, probably three contact forms a day filled out at fullscale.io uh, wanting to be on the show. And that, we encourage that. Like, who are you? What do you have to say? Bring it up. So if you don't ask, you're not going to find it. And then I actually, I believe that you, I came across your path 
there are sites like matchmaker.fm. Mm-hmm. And Matchmaker is great because it exists to try to for podcast hosts to want to find guests. Now, for us, that was a godsend because we, you know, we're in Kansas City, and you know, we wanted to really branch out. We have a national audience, so we felt like we should have a nas- nationally scheduled guests. And in that site, I mean, there's literally like hundreds of interesting people that are in there that'll, that you can look at the profiles, you can see like who fits this, 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 and that, and then makes it even easier to invite. So, but once again, if you weren't on that site or you weren't filling out a contact form or something like that, eh, unless, unless you, unless we, at this point, uh, why would we want to invite you when we have all these awesome and interesting people like making it easy for us. So remember, people take the path of least resistance, but if you don't ask, you're probably not going to get. That's true. And I've been on about 100 in the last year, and not all of them were published, you know, because a lot of people will start a podcast and then it'll fizzle out for them and then they won't <laughs> they won't publish on their Those podcast. aren't the right ones to be on. <laughs> right? Those aren't the you right know, ones to be on. Sometimes you don't know yeah. that until it's too late. But, uh, but yeah, I've been on over 100 and I've, I've found that, you know, it's definitely been great for me because I am, like you said, I'm able to share what I do. And each time I share it, I get better at it. And this used to be something I did in sure. in-person networking, which obviously is totally stopped right now. And so, you know, there's a lot of business networking things you can go to online and Zoom calls and things like that. But I find that a podcast can give you that platform so that you can you can make mistakes, you can stumble over your words, you can yeah, say sure. things and later think, ah, oh, dang it, I shouldn't have said that, I should have said something else. But it makes you better as a business owner, as a person, and it just is a big also like personal growth and development piece as well. So talking to you and talking to the other hosts that I've, I've spoken with, it just also makes you aware of other things in the world. You're talking about your business while we're chatting and, you know, I'm learning about new things and, and about what you guys are doing. So I find that podcasting is one of the best formats. And, and sometimes it feels almost um, like you're in a bubble, like we're in a bubble right now. We're talking to each other. But there are a ton of people listening to us and some, you know, sometimes it makes it a little scary, but at the same time, it also makes it really awesome that this conversation that I'm learning from and that, that you're learning about, you know, me and things like that you're learning from, that is also being heard by other people and they're learning as well. So I'm, I'm a lifelong learner and I think that podcasting has just made that type of um, education so freely and readily available. It's made it really an awesome platform to be a part of. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things too is, you know, if you get on the right shows, I mean, don't be afraid to shout that out. You know, this is, I mean, we, in the, at the high, at the the point of our ascension, we'll bring that, that (laughs) term back around. There you go. I mean, we've been in the top 20 for all entrepreneurship podcasts on Apple and okay, look, here's the thing. Like the people that are in the, like the 15 people in front of you at that point, like, you're like, damn, you're like, Okay, like Gary, Gary V is like number two, but you're still in. That's like, I mean, I am not sure that it's realistic that I think I'm we're going to overtake that. But you know, the thing is, is if when you're there, don't be afraid to to trumpet that a little bit. Like on your own side, I mean, you talk about being you've been in the Jackson Jacksonville Business Journal, Life Boss, Entrepreneurial Truth. There's a lot of different things, but look, your so when you talk about brand building and what you're doing, look, it's all just street cred. You know, it's street cred and, and it's, uh, I've written three books and people ask, they're like, cause I published two books at four months apart and people are like, well, why'd you decide to write? Why'd you write two books? I literally said, cause lots of people wrote one. 
And it's just about, but the thing is, is you have to start stacking these things up. And, you know, while you can create, uh, and I love the whole concept of, of creating a, a 12 month roadmap in five days, cause set it and forget it if you yep. can. Um, and, and the There's thing so is, much is more important things have, to do. <laughs> well, well, true, but there are, there are, and there aren't, cause if you're not doing this stuff, like the thing is, is like, if you really want your business or you or whatever to get in front of the people that you want and to be able to get the deals that you really, really want, like, look, the people with the most credibility often get those contracts. And why? Well, because when companies get bigger and they have more and more people to answer to, if they give a deal to an unknown anything and it, and it craters, then they have to go explain why they passed up all the people with credibility on the way to giving someone else that shot. So look, your credibility and your, and all of that is, is a, it's a third party point of view. So it's kind of like we mentioned at the beginning, like the business that doesn't have a website, really? Like how serious are you about your business that you mm -hmm. literally decided to forego that part of representing yourself. Like you're never going to get a big deal from anyone, from any client, anything. If you, if you don't have a website and building and it, credibility and it, is free. looks like if it looks terrible too, then that's another problem. Go ahead. But building credibility is free, you know, going on yeah, podcasts, totally. most yeah. of them are free. And like you said, if you don't yep. ask, you don't get, um, I actually have been a volunteer with score, which it used to be called the service Corps of retired executives. And they have volunteers that come and teach classes um, in marketing, finance, law. I mean, all kinds of business related topics. And I volunteered for them. I've, I think this has been my 10th or 11th year volunteering for them. And I teach about five to six classes a year. I don't get paid for it. It's totally volunteer, but I absolutely love it. And so many clients have come from that and not directly like, oh, I saw you at a class and now I'm, I'm buying from you. It was, they saw me at the class, they heard about me on a podcast, they saw something on social media, they got an email from me, and then they went to my website to check me out. And now they've come full well, circle like, on do, everything. Do you, want to hire, do you want to hire the person that wrote the book or read the book? Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's the difference. I mean, there's, that's it. So, okay. So now we're down to the fifth pillar of email. And email yes. is important and it's also tricky because people just, they know what to, they know what to just avoid. Um, and there's a couple different ways to get after this. You know, there's lots of automated crap uh, that gets to you. And then at the same time, email can be really important because some of that quote automated crap can actually provide a lot of efficiency if set up or programmed well. So what's your take on the absolute marketing tips related to email? I like to set up 12 months of uh, campaigns in one day. And the way we do that is we look at each month and maybe we've already planned out our social media and we have a, a plan for that. And now we have these topics maybe per month that are kind of coming through in the social media. And we want to you know, capitalize on that also with the blog. And now we're going to send that out in an email as well. Now, the emails are not newsletters. A lot of people think, well, I don't want a newsletter. I don't like those. I'm not going to write it. No one's going to read it. But we're not talking about newsletters. We're talking about individual emails. And the main thing about email is one thing at a time. You cannot send more than one thing in one email. It's too overwhelming. And that's when people stop reading. So if you have one thing to say, 
and you say, guess what? I wrote this blog post. Here's a link to it. Um, you know, check out the blog post. And then on the blog post, once they click that link over, now they're on your website. Then on that blog post at the end, you might have a call to action of an actual thing you want them to do, book a call, buy a product, whatever. So if the email can get them to take one action, then the secondary action can be taken later on. So you don't need to have in your email 10 different buttons that say, buy tickets and do this and do that. That's when people see it as a newsletter and they just ignore it completely. So that is, is a huge thing is saying one thing at a time, making sure your subject line is interesting. So many of them are not. Um, and don't be misleading with the subject lines. I've seen a lot of people starting to put RE quote colon. In oh, front you of will their never, you lines. will never, you will never do business with me if that's the way you want to approach me. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing, there's not like, so you want to deceive me as the first way to get a hold of me? Like, right. fuck off. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I'm sorry for the language, but I'm like, so I've actually made multiple social media posts about that on different platforms. Now, before I, I'd like to weigh on the email thing, because I have a couple yeah. of things that I'd like to say with that. But, and we are approaching the end of our time together. So with one, with me again, once, to, once again, is Elizabeth Pampalone, the founder of Absolute Marketing. You can find out a whole lot about her by clicking the link in the show notes. So all of that said, you know, like, yes, like I hate that approach, that RE, like for real. Uh, so I consider myself and what we do at full scale to be, and we're in the relationships business. Mm -hmm. And I, if I want to have a relationship with you, you have to trust me. And that isn't the way to do it. People like that's a joke. Um, I, you know, much like you said, focusing on something you have, there has to be a reason. If you're going to pick up the phone and call someone, you need a reason. Like if you pick up the phone and call me and you're like, yeah, I just wanted to see how everything was going to see how you were doing. Really? Like, really? That's your reason for calling me? Like now there's a built in reason. Anytime you have already talked to a client or prospect, if you want to follow up and say, hey, I know I gave you a lot of information. I just wanted to see if I needed to clarify anything. That would be a reason for calling, but emails need to be the same, same way. Cause like you mentioned, like a newsletter or any of that, like, I mean, I don't really care about that and think about how you're going to look in the inbox, um, what you're going to get after, like you need to be specific, specific, or you're getting trashed and, Another thing too, is just like, people want to just blast out like a bunch of spammy garbage. Like hey, Google's smarter than you. They are, all those things are, they want to filter out spam and do a lot of stuff. So there are some guidelines that like, just look them up. I'm not going to, I don't have time to get into them. Like, you know, there are things that, that Gmail and other things that they, that they look for to that will put you in the spam box. Like if you're sending out bulk emails and they don't have an unsubscribe link, you're going to the spam folder. They look for certain things too, like a footer that shows that you have an actual physical address or phone number or somewhere that something that holds you accountable for the 10,000 people you just emailed with one click of a button. So, you know, some of that, I, I recommend checking that out and doing some light research with, a, you know, around that. So now with that, we are approaching our end of our time together. I want to, we do the founders freestyle to end 
our episodes. Uh, and with that, I will pass the mic to you and give you a, a, a short duration to sum up anything that you would like to from today's episode or give the, the hustlers out there any, uh, any tips or, or info. So here you go. Well, thank you so much. And I've had a lot of fun recording this episode with you. So I appreciate it. And I think what I would love to say is that, you know, we're talking about this stuff from a place of success. We're talking about this stuff from a place of having been there, done that and still doing it. Right. And I feel like that a lot of people look at this and say, oh, well, I couldn't do that or that may not work for me, et cetera. But really, we started at the bottom. We started from scratch and we figured it out along the way. And so, you know, when we take, when we tell you things and we talk about stuff to you, the audience, we are telling you from a place of trial and error. So take it to heart and pull in the pieces and start your own trial and error, because you're going to go through that regardless. And even though, you know, sometimes it's going to get really tough as an entrepreneur and you're going to feel like this isn't working and why am I doing this? Remember that all of this is temporary. The good times are temporary, so you need to be prepared for, you know, whatever comes next. But the, the bad times are also temporary and good times are coming too. So just make sure that you keep your perseverance going and you don't let up, let up because that's really what makes success work is hard work. And that you listen to, I won't say the gurus, but people who've been there and done that in an honest way and who are presenting this information honestly back to you. So um, just keep going. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to uh, me uh, on my website and also the guys at Full Scale because I know they're awesome. And also, um, if you would like anything uh, from me, you can actually get on my email list. And I have a five weeks of accountability email that I send out to help you get started with your own absolute marketing. You know, I, I got to say, I really do like the approach of like getting a year's worth of stuff out of the way in five days. Like, I mean, that makes sense for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is like, you know, what on top of that, I, I'm going to encourage anybody if you're not doing that, you know, you have, we talked about branding, websites, social media, blogging, email, video, stuff like that. Get good at one, you know, just like knock them off, you know, get good at one and then get good at another. And, and always think about tying the two together. Cause you know, if you already have a, if you already have fire, it's easier to set other fires than it is to just try to get. So if you, if you water down your efforts and you're trying to now, look, you can take five days. If you're going to plan it, automate it, schedule it. Good for you. That's good. And then supplement, you know, focus on one of those, knock it down, knock it down, knock it down, knock it down. And I've even worked with people on their own brands. Like, well, we talk about, we've talked about urban necessities before and JC Lopez, like we, of course we were able to get a whole lot of people over to his YouTube channel. He had 400,000 Instagram subscribers. So like I said, once you have some fire, it's a lot easier to set another one. Speaking of which I'm going to go get to work on scheduling some of my own social media. So I will see you down the road, Elizabeth. Thanks for your time today. Thanks so much. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.